Welcome to the no. Drinkable Podcast, <laughs> our new show about watersheds. We're, like, oh. After 10 years of pencils, we've decided to Hello, and welcome to episode 208 of the Erasable Podcast. I'm Andy Welfley, coming to you from the West Coast, and joining me this Wednesday morning are Tim Wassum and Johnny Gamber from the other side of the Continental Divide, the mighty Mississippi, and oh gosh, I guess I don't know what like watershed y'all are in, but if I did that, uh, be a, I'm that the Chesapeake Bay watershed. Okay, Chesa- how I about you, Tim? Know that was a thing. I'm googling <laughs> watershed. Which well, watershed? You get your from somewhere. What watershed <laughs> do I live in? Okay, you guys talk. I'm going to figure this out. Okay, <laughs> that's good. Well, <laughs> well, we are coming to you with just a short episode. The next episode should be a, a little bit longer and a little bit more special, just because yeah. it will be just recorded for our decade anniversary, which is pretty amazing to, to say. So, yeah. So, okay, Tim, what, what watershed are you? I'm not there yet. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I'm close. The, gosh. Shockingly, this, this .gov website is a little outdated. They Can you believe like, it? They haven't given this one the attention that some others have gotten. No, they Gosh. really don't, you know, have need to have up to date comment content on like watersheds.gov. Yeah, for real. All right, <laughs> here we go. Hmm. Still nothing. I'll get back to you guys. It's native content. Uh, there's a website at tn.gov that has all the watersheds in the state. I'm just not sure what county you're in. <laughs> Welcome to the then, Drinkable Podcast, <laughs> our new show about watersheds. We're, like, oh, after 10 years of pencils, we've decided to pivot for quality yeah. issues and invasive species. Tennessee, yeah, we have a problem here with uh, snakefish. Okay. Tennessee watershed management. Um, it looks like you are in the... Uh, in Washington. County. The Nola Chucky watershed, maybe? Yeah, yeah, the... yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a thing I hear about around here. So she has yeah, some delicious Nola Chucky water. Nola Chucky water. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> gross, but yeah, her water's pretty good. Yeah, all right, Nola Chucky. Coming at you from yeah. the Nola Chucky. We, I don't know if it's the same. We get, I think, we have a reservoir called the Hetch Hetchy in San Francisco, which is a just like a, I don't know, a funny name like Nola Chucky. But there's like there's no fresh water in California. I mean, there's gonna apparently be a giant dump of snow in, in the Sierras like tomorrow, so there will be, but Yeah. Water's gonna taste yeah. better in a few days. Yeah. We'll we'll save that for our, our watershed after show. Yes. Yeah. I'm stoked, man. Can't wait. <laughs> Shops like making little funnels to get all the freshest water to make the nine dollar cup of coffee mm, or something. Delicious. <laughs> That's why it's so expensive. <laughs> well, quick announcement before we start. One of the so for our tenth anniversary, we're gonna just and also because like often in the spring we try to do a little a little piece of swag. Uh, we have something really cool coming up that we'll we'll talk about in the next few weeks. But if you are are a ten dollar month, or I guess I guess we have annual plans now. So if you are a nubbin stage supporter for Erasable, please update your shipping address. And I'll make an announcement over on Patreon as well for you. It's just, you know, we'll, we'll need to have that once we like get this thing made and, and, and sent out. And also, if you are thinking about becoming a Patreon supporter or if you support us under the nubbin stage, if you sign up now for an annual plan in the next week or so, I can still include you in this, in this, this giveaway. So 
appreciate that if you could uh, get that in pretty soon if you've been thinking about it. And then also, I think that we should have a few extras of the thing that we're doing, which we will sell on the website and announce that through the usual channels, which includes here on the podcast and in our social channels. And I think somewhere I have a, an email list as well. So yeah, we'll get that. We'll get that done. Just something, something cool coming up. I'm really excited about it. Don't want to give it away, but yeah, it's something we've been working on for a little bit. So anything to add to that? It's something Andy has been working on. Well, bit. I mean, we've been talking <laughs> about it. And he's doing Creek watershed. The Brush line. Creek. That's yeah, the only thing nice. I have to add is that it's actually called the Brush Creek watershed that I'm okay. in. So, okay. But these are going to be awesome. And thank you, Andy, for. You're welcome. Happening well, upon to... this opportunity. So I'm going to have to oh, did I just blur that out bleep? because <laughs> you have to bleep me out. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. We can, we can typewriter bell things that are not, um, you know, uh-huh. And then they'll just be wondering, I mean, you know what? what that, was that typewriter belt? Yeah. yeah, yeah that's, what that's curse word could possibly have fit in there? Okay. We've got custom fucks coming. Really there's, confused. There's, the, there's two typewriter belts. <laughs> there's the episode title right there. Custom F's coming. All right. Let's, so let's, let's jump into our tools of the trade. We're recording in the morning where you think things would be a little bit more reserved, but no, apparently we're just a little bit more unhinged the earlier it is. So. Tim, what are you, what are your what are your tools of the trade? So I've been watching Brooklyn Nine Nine again, which has been a lot of fun. And the reason it kind of came back is because Henry somehow found that amazing scene. Have you guys watched Brooklyn Nine Nine? No. Oh dang. Okay. Well, there's just this awesome scene that he found where Andy Samberg has these like four guys lined up in a like a witness line or whatever you call or not a witness line. What do they call that? In a police station like where they're lineup. like they're in a lineup and and the person says the person I, I didn't see their face, but I heard them singing and they were singing one it that way by the backstreet boys. And so he has them all sing it like together in the, in the lineup. And then at the end, she's like, okay, that's the one he's the one who killed my brother. He's like, Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, just like excellent Andy Samberg comedy, but it like got me back into the show and Henry wanted to watch it. And so I was like, I need to watch it first and see if this is going to fly, but it's still, it holds up extremely well. It's so funny. Um, I just watched that new movie, A Million Miles Away, uh, which is about the, like, I forget his name, Mexican immigrant who comes and he becomes an astronaut. It's based on a true story. And it was mm, very good. I mm-hmm. uh, really enjoyed that. It's on Prime. A lot of rewatching and rereading. I'm rereading Steel Like an Artist and like that whole series from Austin Kleon. Cool. So, mm. I mean, rereading as in I started two days ago and I'm on book two because they're so there's such a quick read, but I was getting back into keeping a, like my commonplace book that I had been doing for a while. And I just had gotten away from it. I was like, I feel like there's a lot of stuff in there that I've forgotten about. And so that was kind of to start it out because he quotes a million people in those books. So yeah, it's really quotable. Yeah. So I reread steal like an artist and got to like copy a few excellent quotes out of there from him and from like other writers and artists that he referenced. Um, and I started reading Warlight, which Johnny gave me when I was in Baltimore. Just started that a few days ago, so I'm only like 10 pages in or something like that. But uh, I love how it starts. It's good. I like how yeah. it starts. With, oh, yeah. It's Sorry, you're already messed right. Yeah. You what? It's from the guy who wrote The English Patient. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's almost like a sequel that's also about World War II. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was telling Tim, if The English Patient didn't exist, I'd be like, this is the best World War II book ever. Fine. <laughs> I remember that, first seeing it when it was on Obama's saying. like best books of the year list or something like that, you know, whenever it came out. And 
I love how it kind of like starts by sort of saying what's going to happen. Like that's a pretty, pretty ballsy writer move. Like where he's just like, so this is what's going to happen, you know, and then goes back. I'm sure it's going to twist in a totally different direction, but that's how it feels right now is he kind of like sets you up to feel like you, you kind of have some of the, some of the ending in mind already at the beginning of the book, which is cool. He's like, he's a master of timing too with mm-hmm. like when he reveals things. And for, for listening, I honestly haven't like nothing new. I've still been stuck on the album I talked about a while ago from Daniel Tashin, that a night after night album. I've just been listening to it like on a loop pretty much for like a month. Like I just love that album a lot. So been listening to that. And I also saw that uh, Casey Musgraves has a new album coming out and he was one of the co-producers and co-writers on her album that won album of the year a few years back. And he is the head producer on the new album. So that's exciting. He's a cool guy. And then as far as writing, I've mostly been writing with my Japanese pencils that Andy gave us. And we talked about in the last one. I think my favorite, these craftsman pencils are amazing. And I'm really like smitten with them in every way. I love the slightly, you know, how the the paint job matches the the core. Yeah. They, I, I need to, I need to go check out the Daisos here and see if they, See if they sell them in the U.S. I don't um, think I noticed the last time they were here, but I, I definitely feel like I should have bought more because they had six or eight different grades. So, yeah, I just so picked nice. up like a couple boxes. They're they're really nice. I just love like the, the texture, yeah, of them. like the or just the the it, feel of them. I just love you know Kitaboshi made them, and they I don't know how they just like really get the quality for the for the price. Like each of the I bought a box of. I think there were six in each box, and it was a dollar fifty. So that's amazing! I don't know how they how they get that quality at that yeah, price. Yeah, that, that's incredible. Yeah, it's like yeah. And the the finish or whatever has I don't know what you call that, but it's like it's almost like a rubbery feel a little bit, and I just mm-hmm. I love it. I, I had one like quick cursory Google search to see if I could find find them, and didn't immediately find them, and so I moved on. But I'm sure there there's a way to order them online. I would guess, but but yeah, I love that. So I've been using those, and I. We've talked about this in, on for different pencils over the years, but you know, you know, like pencils that you didn't like that you wanted to like a long time ago, and then you try them again, and now you're like, oh yeah, I love it because whatever crazy reason. But I picked up the the Viking school pencil, like the oh, yellow, yeah. the twenty oh zero twenty nine, which I really didn't like. I used to really dislike it. I don't know, like of course I'm super picky, but but it was just I don't know. It's just something that like has changed and it doesn't feel as like scratchy and needle like as it used to. And I'm really enjoying it. And also I, I guess I'm sharpening it with my, my exacto that Johnny talked me into and maybe, maybe just the different <laughs> sharpening job made a difference. All right. RIP your fingers. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, you mean a knife knife or the, that exacto? Oh no, no, no. Like the exacto electric one. This one. Okay. <laughs> Say, I apologize to your fingers. That guy. I don't know if you could hear that. I don't know if I, Sound filter blocked it out, but I just sharpened it a little more. Yeah, so really digging that. And another oldie but goodie that I pulled out the other day and I've been writing with is a laddie, which is like one of the first ones that I would never shut about when we started this podcast. So it feels like a good like full circle pencil to be using as we mm. get close to or as we're around this like ten year mark. So using a hmm. using a, a, a cedar whole, cedar laddie. That'd be a really good episode idea coming up. Just like listen to our first like two or three episodes and then go back and use some of those tools. Like yeah. I, I feel like I was using a lot more like triangular pencils back then. 
mm-hmm. and just kind of yeah. see how much our tastes have changed. That's, that's, a, that's interesting. That'd be fun. Yeah. And so those are the pencils I've been using. And notebook wise, I've talked about those Maramon notebooks before, how I, that's become kind of my, my songwriting notebook. I use the big A5 size, but I found the little one that they sent us, which is like identical, but it's like a pocket sized spiral notebook. And so I've been carrying that around, which has been really fun. I like that. It reminds me of like the the famous Bob Dylan Blood on the Tracks spiral notebook that he wrote all those lyrics in. Mm-hmm. And the other notebook I have to mention is that I am completely obsessed and haven't like given an assignment yet. I haven't started using it, but Johnny sent me home with a notebook that I am just like smitten with. This marbled notebook, Johnny, that you you gave me. Oh you yeah. Line page. Sort of like a little it's like a it's a hardback notebook, but it's it's slimmer. I mean, you can say more about it, but like it's slimmer than I don't know what you would call this size, but it's it's narrower, almost yeah. like a traveler's I mean, size. Yeah, I call them medium on my website, but they're like mm-hmm. uh, seven and a quarter by four and a quarter, I think. Yeah. That's and if cool you live notebook. in Baltimore, they're at the Made of Baltimore shop right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I I've I've tipped off a few Baltimore friends to to go hunt down your wares at that shop. Oh, awesome. Johnny, when are you going to start exporting all of your labor to, you know, like overseas? Well, this summer, my oldest child will be 14 and can legally work. Oh, nice. So, Perfect. Just put yeah, him to work. Like, yeah, he's, he wants a summer job. I'm like, well, I'll pay you better and you don't have to get dressed. Because <laughs> there's a lot of stuff I really hate doing that I think he could do. Like yeah. photo editing and stuff. There you go. Intern. Probably better at it than I intern time. <laughs> yeah, you have to do a six-month internship first to prove that you can do it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's it for me. How about you, Johnny? Yes. So I haven't been consuming a lot of stuff. We just watched uh, Miss Scarlet and the Duke, the latest season, which was really, really good. I don't know. Are you guys fans of that show on PBS? I haven't seen it. The lead is, it's set, I forgot when it's set, sometime in the late 19th century. There's a lady named Miss Scarlet who is a private detective in London, and she's very good longtime friends with the Duke, who's the chief investigator at Scotland Yard. So they sort of like clash and there's a lot of interesting stuff with gender issues. And yeah, just they just had season four recently. And the lead is played by the lady who played um, Arthur's wife in Peaky Blinders. And it's like way different character. Hmm. So it's super interesting. And I don't, I've been watching a lot of movies lately, but my children were visiting my parents. So I watched The Creator in this weekend, one of those afternoons. Uh, it's streaming on Hulu right now, I think. It's so good. And, you know, AI is such a hot topic. But, yeah, I don't want to give any spoilers. Just watch the trailer. But most of the stuff in the trailer happens in the first 10 minutes. Their CG is just really good. Like, the 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 graphics of kind of, like, like, rem, like the, well, I can't remember what they're called. Basically, the the, like, AI fake humans, like, they remove, like, a section of the back of their head to show that they're robots and they just, I don't know, it just looks really good. I saw it on yeah. a plane. And surprisingly, Ken Montanabe was in it, which is awesome. I love him. Hmm. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Yeah, there's that. And I mentioned in the fall that I joined a new band and we were working on a cover of Pearl Jam's I Got Id. So I've just been listening to a lot of Pearl Jam lately, especially older stuff from 10 and the Unplugged show, which is on Spotify. Oh man, if Just Let Come In is listening, you know, she'll be a big fan of that. Yeah, they're coming to Baltimore or Pearl Jam. Not 
our friends. Yeah. It's summer, I think, but tickets are like mad expensive. Like, mm, I don't know. Hmm. You know, I'm getting old and Pearl Jam's getting old. So, <laughs> you know, that's a factor. But Young Plug Show was amazing. I think it was recorded in like 92, 93. So, you know, old. <laughs> but super good. And moving on from that for our meat and potatoes. I've actually been using pencils more than usual lately because I don't know why. I've just been using them more. When I've been working on books, I have this Swiss wood from CWPE that's the pine version. Do you guys ever have this one? It's sort of like blonde yeah. wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It smells very sappy when you sharpen it. It doesn't <laughs> smell as bad as the darker Swiss wood. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, it doesn't smell like bouillon cubes soy or whatever sauce. that is. Yeah. Soy sauce and pretzels. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just smells like wood. But I don't know if they, you know, exist outside of CWPE. I should check because I really like it. But, you know, it's a little fatter and the lead is extra durable. So tracing on materials that are not smooth, it's a very good bet. And I found a General's Kimberly HB that's pretty short in a pocket of a vest. Pulled that out and forgot what a delicious pencil the General's Kimberly is. Mm. If, If you've never seen one, they're green and they have a gold colored metal cap on the end and they're just so pretty and come in like a million grades and the last one i've been using a lot for that is a white faber castell grip that ed kemp sent me a couple years ago because it doesn't roll off my desk which is a plus and it's just, it's nice hard lead but not scratchy so they, behind my desk my desk is against the wall and there's always like a dozen pencils back there that have rolled so it's nice that this one's staying put and I write in my books a lot, so I've been using this big mechanical pencil from Retro 51. It's the Einstein version. I think right around the beginning of the podcast, Retro 51 offered us each a mechanical pencil of our choice. So that's where this came from. But it's, you know, it's got a lovely weight. It's got a really nice texture. I'm sort of like, why don't I own 12 of these? Because apparently when you get Retro 51s, you collect them like crazy. Oh man, so many. There's just like so many out there. Yeah. I have a. Wasn't there a. a Good. So, wasn't there a point in time when they like almost went out of business or something? Yeah. yeah, Right. People started like really hoarding them. And then they came back with a vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like everybody's got a special Retro 51. There are a whole bunch of them from the Postal Service. But I never used their fountain pens. Have you guys tried those before? No. I never have. Mm -mm. They look. I don't know. They don't look like a Retro 51 pen. I'm wondering how balanced they are. But, you know, eventually I'm sure I'll buy like four of them because that's what you do. And for general pencil writing, I found a Palomino HB that's blue with an eraser. I don't know who it belongs to, who lived here, but I found it. So now it's mine. And I've been using (laughs) that to take notes a lot because it's just freaking delightful. And I have a very tiny Mitsubishi 9000 HB I've been using a lot. And of course, a Musgrave single barrel. From named after when Mr. Hewlin was on Yonder Podcast in 2018. I don't know. Are they I'll still- always remember the yeah. episode title because it was episode or the episode number is 106 because it's the single barrel 106. It's so cool. So, so cool. Such a cool reference. Yeah. I don't know if they're still carrying those. I hope so. They're at least they were $10 a piece, but they're so nice. Yeah. And, you know, it's nice that they're historical. The wood is sold. So um, they were going to eventually run right. out, right? Yeah. Apparently, they found burlap bags full of slats in a warehouse, and that's where the wood came from. I don't know how many burlap bags they were. 
<laughs> but yeah, I sorry, I'm taking a lot of time. It's okay. For paper, I've largely been using my Green Twenty Three Official Bullet Journal 2.0, mm-hmm. which is like it's a perfect spruce. It's really good for winter, although winter is ending, which I'm fine with. Did you guys? Are you guys on the um the mailing list for Bullet Journal? Mm-mm. I don't think so. So those pens that Lectar makes, they have an official pen and they have an official pencil that are for Bullet Journal. Or, you know, they have the logo on them and stuff. They're cool looking. But they have a new set that is that pen as totally blacked out and the notebook is blacked out. It's black gilded on the edges. It's called the Stealth Set. But you have to buy the set. It's like 80 bucks. So I'm trying to finish this book so I can justify buying one. <laughs> but yeah, all of I'm, you know, I'm using a tiny notebook that I made that I found somewhere because I needed a little notebook. But my current obsession is this delightful Japanese paper I found that's it's 64 GSM, so it's light, but the most popular Chamoe River, it's thicker than that. You can write on the back and your ink dries. So it's almost like regular paper, but it's smooth and displays all of the interesting characteristics of special inks. And unlike Tomoe River paper, it's very nice for pencil. So I've been minorly stockpiling it in case I can't get it anymore because that happens these days. But um, I'll send you guys some. It's oh, it's wonderful. And um, finally, for inks, I mean, pens and inks, um, I've been using, you know, I always have a Leverager True Writer inked up um, currently. Or six I, or ten. I try to just do one. <laughs> <laughs> or they, or they stay full. But I have a one. It's one of the more recent ones now. It's like this pink and white swirl. It's really pretty. I filled it around Valentine's Day with Diamine Wild Strawberry, which is a nice ink. I'm working through a Parker 51 special that was retrofitted, I think, with a gold nib, but it's like an accounting nib or something. It's so fine that it barely writes. Did you feel and like you're scratch, scratching with a record needle or something? Yeah, I kind of hate it a lot. <laughs> I might have to part ways with this pen. And I'm trying to empty out my current Narwhal Nautilus that's got diamine bilberry in it, but that pen holds a hell of a lot of ink. The, I don't know if you guys are on their mailing list, but they came out with another special edition called the Red Koi, I think. Mm. So our friend Joe Crace had, got some of them at a gentleman's stationer, so I bought one from him. But they made 223, and I didn't realize on the cap there's a piece of metal really small that tells you what number you are of 220. So they That's really cool. only made that many, which is cool. Cool little detail. So I like that they, yeah, and that, you know, some smaller retailers got some. So that, that makes me happy. Now, at long last, I am finished. So how about you, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, what have I been doing lately? I've been, um, have you guys ever seen this old British, like, science TV show called Connections with James Burke? Mm-mm. It is. It was made in the late seventies, um, and I think they also made some in their like early nineties too. Um, but it is um, this just like science history show where James Burke, who's just like a I don't know, you know who James Burke is besides like hosting the show, but it's it's one of those very British kind of very like late seventies style shows where it just. It, I don't know, just very British. <laughs> and so kind of a, trying to think of how how this is framed, but he basically shows how various like scientific discoveries and like achievements and stuff just kind of like build from each other. So it's like, oh, well, in in the Middle Ages, they started using 
straw for this and straw produces this natural gas that was then later captured to power this sort of thing. And then this thing and basically builds up to usually something to do with like space flight or something. And it's just like an hour of um, of just sort of like this building just from one to the next. And it's it's talking about like, the you know, the connections between these things. And it's really interesting. And they have a lot of just very dry humor. There's a lot of like interesting historical reenactments. Like they have like a whole dozens and dozens of people dressed up like peasants. They're just like shoveling hay or whatever. Pretty amazing. And they just it, it it's really good. And James Burke is just this guy with big old 1970s glasses. And <laughs> uh, he wears like giant lapel safari jackets. And um, if anybody's seen that that show that oh, what is it called? It has it's a it's a parody. It's a, Philomena Kunk. It's like Kunk on food. And it's it's just a, a parody like interview show. It's, I think, largely inspired by this. So it's it's on YouTube. You can watch Connections on YouTube. It's just a very good just like you're having dinner and just kind of chilling out and just want to watch some like old timey British science education show. It's pretty good. I've been watching that and there's not that there's maybe like nine episodes or something. There's not that many. I've been reading. I just finished. I think I mentioned that I had started in the last episode, Carol Beggy's new book, listener of the show and friend, friend of the show, Carol Beggy. She wrote a book called Pencil, which is one in a series of books about objects or about things that's put together by Bloomberg Press. It's really short. It's a small book. It's 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 pretty good. It is it's great because there's a lot of familiar things. If you're in the community and you just you know you you see a lot of what happens on the show and in the community, she's pretty dialed into that. So she interviews a lot of very familiar names. Didn't interview us, but that's fine. I think we should have Carol on sometime soon. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a good book. Yeah, it's 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 funny. It it is. I mean, there is a lot about the history of pencils, but a lot of it is about sort of like her her childhood and her experience in the workforce, and just it's it's a lot about Carol, which I think is really cool, and oh, awesome. just kind of like told through the the lens of this this object, this pencil. Which yeah, I think that's really that's really neat. So I've been reading that. I have I read a. Well, it's a comic series, but I read sort of the trade paperback of the first few issues of a comic called World Tree, which I guess I'm not a huge fan of because it's like pretty violent. Wasn't expecting that. It's it's about like sort of like this cyberpunk hacker kind of a thing where these people discover sort of like this under under layer of the Internet that influences people to do acts of violence. And I, we haven't quite got to the point where we have unraveled this mystery and why it does that. but. I was expecting just sort of like a fun kind of like cyber hacker, you know, kind of a thing, but cyberpunk kind of hackerish thing. But it's 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 very violent, and I'm not a huge fan of that. So I don't know if I'll continue it after this after this series of issues. But it's it's World Tree spelled kind of like in Leet speak, so it's like W three L four. I can't remember. Yeah, I'll link I'll link to it in comments. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's anything I've really been listening to specifically i've i've been doing a lot of work around my apartment because i'm going to be moving pretty soon and so i've just i usually put on music and and i when i when i do that when i'm just sort of passively listening i usually just go on spotify and just like look for one of the daily mixes or for the recommended things and i play that so i don't know if there's anything really i've been i guess when i've been seeking out music i have i don't know i've been listening to some crosby stills nash and young lately cool. um <laughs> You know, all right. 
lots of lots of good new music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw I I think it's because I was on just cruising around YouTube and I watched a oh man, I can't even remember where it's from, but it was basically Graham Nash performing uh a case of you on some tribute concert to Joni Mitchell. And oh, cool. I oh, yeah, great song. I I guess I didn't realize kind of their history. Like Graham Nash and Joni Young, uh, Joni Mitchell used to date. I didn't know that until I I heard him interviewed on the what was the Malcolm Gladwell Rick Rubin music podcast. Yeah, but I, I heard him interviewed there, and it's like big long interview, and I I, I had no idea of that history either. Yeah, so it Broken was record. it was a it was a really just like good kind of emotion filled performance because like he's clearly known the song for you know decades and there's some sort of like history there so just kind of watching him sing it to basically to Joni Mitchell because she was in the audience and at the end he kind of like they kind of like give each other a smile that somebody captured on camera and it was just really really cool to see because he's he's pretty old but he's still he's still got it he's still going that's very cool yeah I was never a big David Crosby fan because he seems like he was kind of a an a hole, but um, <laughs> yeah, I like Graham he Nash. does. Have, he did have that kind of vibe to him. Do you guys ever listen to Sirius XM? Uh-uh. So did I talk about this last time? I don't, I don't think, think so. I did. So when we switched phone servers or services to we're on T Mobile now, and it came with six months of free Sirius XM. Just like hmm. subscription to the app, you know, so I just like listen on the app on my phone. And I had loved it when we got our new car because it came with it for like, I don't know, two months or whatever. And I was obsessed. There's a Tom Petty channel. There's all this stuff. And that has been like my favorite way to listen to music ever since I got this trial back again. I might just end up keeping it because it is it is so refreshing to have hmm. to not have to pick music out sometimes and and to have channels that are sort of like carefully, you know, put together and one that has been really surprising is that John Mayer has a channel now and it's called, it's called life with John Mayer or something like that. But it's, so it's, but the, the sort of quirk about the channel is that he and whoever's helping him curate this, like they're picking all the songs themselves. So it's not like an algorithm picking them and they coordinate all the songs by time of day. So it's like songs in the morning have a certain vibe, songs in the afternoon, evening, late at night is like super chill and like, oh, it's very cool. So like you can just kind of turn it on at any point throughout the day and I we have it hooked up to our Echo so I can just be like Echo play Life of John Mayer and then you know, sometimes I turn it off because I'm like, eh, nah, <laughs> no thanks. But, but it's really good. It's been really fun. I listen to that one a lot. It's really cool. Yeah. So it's, I'm a, I'm a, a lot fan. of songs. Yeah. Like. They're just yeah. curating this for just like, yeah, just like all day, all day, yeah, twenty four hours wow. a day, and then of course, they, you know, that's some of them repeat, you know, days apart or whatever. Yeah. Like they're not like, but I haven't heard a repeat yet. But I'm not like I don't have it playing all day long. Yeah, kind of reminds me of um, that channel that just shows just like Star Trek episodes on continuous loop. <laughs> I guess they're not coordinated for time of day. So, you know, but, you know, all Star That'd Trek is appropriate for all times of day. That's right. Yeah. It's impossible <laughs> to make distinctions like that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, yeah. So I've been just kind of doing that. Nothing specific or new that's really like hit my hit my consciousness. 
I have been, what have I been writing with and on? So yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I am getting ready to move. And so I have been, I've been reckoning with my pencil collection, which is <laughs> hard to do. I have so many. I went to, I think since we last recorded, I went to the container store and bought this really nice kind of like stackable bins with pullout drawers. And I have been, I've been just kind of like trying to condense everything into like a stack of that. And one thing that I have found is I, I can fill up one of their large drawers in the system with only black wings. So I have like almost completely filled it up. So like basically when the next black wing release comes, I'm going to have to start a new drawer. Or put this in somewhere else. Oh. So many black wings. <laughs> I'm getting there with uh, Musgrave too. I have so many boxes of Musgraves. But yeah, I've been slowly reckoning with that. I I did, however, uh, I was really excited about this. Do you guys remember probably early on in our recording, Blackwing or Calcedar used to sell those triangular golden bears with yeah. the yeah, it's it's just, just, just all the other you had sent me, I think. Yeah, I so I had ordered a, a gross of them back like 13 years ago because I just loved them so much and I was pretty sure I gave them all away and used them all, but I found a good like dozen more. So I was very excited nice. about that. So, yeah, going to going to pull that out and just kind of like hoard the rest away. But I've been been playing with that, been using that just because like it's been it's been a minute since I've seen those pencils and they were they were among my favorite for a long time. I've been making a lot of lists and doing a lot of things using my DDC tactile turn collaboration, just like this big kind of beefy orange pen. And I've been using the one millimeter pilot refill inside of it, which is nice. I mean, that is, that is a big chunky, you know, <laughs> yeah. and so. Oh, is that the one from G2s? I think so. Yeah. Oh yeah. That thing's awesome. Yeah, big old, big old thick lines. Worthy of a draplin pen. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I've been making a lot of lists with that and just kind of like checking things off. It's very satisfying. Been using, been using a Sharpie a lot lately just because I've been writing on boxes. And man, I love a Sharpie. I, I mean, speaking of Austin Cleon, like he's such a big Sharpie user. Yeah. It's just so satisfying to write with a Sharpie. And then I've also been, also been using my standard supply um, Craftsman pencil from Japan just because that's, that's, yeah, you're right. It's just really nice and it looks cool. So I am determined to figure out how to get those in the US. But also been using a pencil that I just kind of forgot that I owned and I, I pulled out. It's a it's the Mitsubishi Unistar for Etoya Kids, Brandon. Do you guys have one of these? I don't think so. I don't I think so. It's like a kind of a dark blue pencil with a cap that is bright yellow and there's like a gold stripe on it. It is it's a graded B. I can't remember where it came from or where I got it. I didn't get it in Japan, even though this is extremely Japanese. It is very nice. It's smooth and dark, and it's it's a kid's pencil, so I think it's a little bit extra kind of like soft for kid hands. But yeah, it's a really nice pencil. And then beyond that, yeah, been been writing my lists in an Ampad Gold Fiber notebook, which is used to be one of my very favorite notebooks, and I had a bunch of them and. It's one of the top spiral brown notebooks. I love this paper. It's really toothy. It's kind of yellowish. So there's a really good kind of like contrast with like a dark pencil in a very sort of like Steinbeck fashion. And I just love the sort of like chipboard style cover that's on it. It's just, yeah, just a nice, very, very retro looking notebook. And it's good for lists and podcast show notes. I'd like editing notes. 
And I'm finishing up my Birch Field Notes notebook. And it's funny, it has sort of turned blue because I think I mentioned in the last episode that I made. Did I mention this? That I made, I got a pair of jeans in Japan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's why it's turning blue. Okay. Yeah, because I've been keeping it in my back pocket and that just still a lot of like extra dye in that denim. So, you know, just from the kind of like friction of it being in my pocket, I pull it out and it's, it's just sort of like blue around the edges. So it actually, I really like that effect. It kind of like is a neat, a neat patina. So neat patina. Yeah. So that is, what would be a good band name? Neat patina. Neat patina. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that is, that is it for me. I have currently looking at a giant pile of pencils because I have a lot to sort through and give away. I think I'm going to bring a lot of these with me and I think I might see if I can try to put together like a little mystery box for, to sell for people where, you know, I'll get like, everybody's guaranteed 30 pencils and three of them are, you know, classic or vintage or something. I don't know, but 27, but you could do is (laughs) you could. Sorry. Oh, oh, I said, sorry. and 27 of them are Amazon basics. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Say again, Johnny. Take some of your old pencils that are like beat up and put them in a box and sell them like Blackwing did. That's true. Yeah. Be like, these are factory seconds. Yeah. You really the... want our factory seconds. <laughs> factory third and fourths. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't been paying a lot of attention, but it seemed like folks were not satisfied with those. Yeah. I think surprisingly. I saw a couple of posts in the group of people who found just a couple interesting, like rare ones, but it seems like mostly it was, was not. So yeah. Anything else to add before we wrap it up? Uh, I think so. Okay. I, mean, I, think so. The, I guess we're, we're on the de- on deck for, um, spring releases. Yeah. In a couple of weeks. That's yeah, exciting. Be coming up pretty soon. Code so, Notes has already started hinting a little bit. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, this has been episode 208 of the Erasable Podcast. You can find show notes and our recording at erasable.us slash 208. You can find us on social media at Erasable Podcast is the handles for places. If you want to come join our Facebook group, it is one of the kind of friendliest places on Facebook. Facebook.com slash group slash Erasable. Something that is mentioned by Carol Beggy in her uh, book, The Pencil. And yeah, just a reminder, if you are thinking about supporting us on Patreon, if you sign up for the annual plan for the Dumbin stage, which equates to about $200, or excuse me, $10 a month, not $200. If you want to support us at $200 a month, I'll give you a special prize. Uh, you can go sign up at patreon.com slash erasable. And I want to say thank you to our folks on Patreon. So Nathan Raybeck, Dana Morris, Liz Rotundo, Melissa Miller. Angie, Aaron Bollinger, Yvonne Hurtnez, Tara Whittle, Ida Umfers, David Johnson, Phil Munson, Donnie Pierce, Valerie Drew, Tom Keekley, Andre Torres, Paul Moorhead, William Maudlin, John Capaludi, Stephen Fensali, Aaron Willard, Millie Blackwell, Michael Dialosa, Tana Feliz, Ann Seip, Michael Hagen, Mary Collis, Kathleen Rogers, Dr. Hans Noodleman, and John Wood. Thank you very much. Tim, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter or whatever it's called at Tim Wassum and <laughs> on Instagram at Timothy Wassum. Nice. Johnny, how about you? I'm on social media at Pensolution and at PencilRevolution.com. Nice. And I, I have turned off Instagram and threads. So come find me on Blue Sky or Mastodon. I think you can get links to those things at Andy.wtf. 
So again, Raceable Podcast. We will come back at you pretty soon with our decade decade anniversary celebration. Do you like our podcast? Most people like our podcast. But if you don't like our podcast, then we'll turn it off. Mm.